Experience the beauty and emotion of Lent and Easter with Christianity Today's newest devotional, Easter, in the everyday. Thoughtful readings from a variety of pastors, theologians, and writers invite you into the emotional stages of Christ's journey, from humility to hope to love. Beginning on Ash Wednesday and ending at Pentecost, this digital devotional is perfect for individual or group study. Get it today at orderct.com slash easter24. Welcome to the Crafting Character Podcast. Steve Carter here and in association with my good friends, Preaching Today, The Ascent Leader, and Food for the Hungry. I'm excited because today I'm bringing you an interview with one of my favorite people, Annie F. Downs. She's an amazing, amazing podcaster and author. Uh, she's on the teaching team at Cross Point Church. In just a minute, you're going to get to hear just a snippet of her sound, the way that she teaches. She has this idea about joy that um, ever since I've heard this teach, I knew I wanted to interview her. I wanted to pick her brain just because she is a masterful communicator, whether on a stage and preaching, whether doing events and tours, whether through writing or podcasts. I mean, she just has mastered the art of storytelling and communication, and there's just so much good that is happening through her life. So just in a moment, we're going to get to hear a little bit from her, but I need to tell you just a couple things, a couple things. We got some good stuff brewing over here at Crafting Character. Something is coming this fall. Friends, I'm telling you, this fall, I'm going to tell you about it a little bit more in the weeks ahead, but just get ready. I'm so excited. There's a lot of a lot of work happening behind the scenes. I uh, just cannot wait to share the good news with you all. And then secondly, I got to tell you that we are been doing these cohorts. We do about four or five preaching cohorts. It's like eight or nine people, women and men in a living room. They go on this journey for a year. It's unbelievable. They have these amazing mentors. I think we have one slot left where Mark Moore is going to be the coach. He's an amazing teaching pastor at Christ Church of the Valley. He, he's, just, he's just a great dude. Um, we're going to hang with Rich Velotis, uh, myself, and some others. Um, please, you can go to theascentleader.org, sign up. We also have another one that is launching in August with the one and only Nancy Beach is the coach, and that's going to be fantastic. And then one later in November, I believe, with Dave Stone. So again, some amazing, amazing things. Um, but without further ado, friends, you got to turn with me to listen to the one, the only, Annie F. Downs, share a little bit on the topic of joy. So in this season, in the seasons you've identified in your mind of who you are and what's going on with you, chase joy. And then what I would ask you to do next is trust what the joy is telling you. Because when you feel joy, it is telling you something about God. It's actually telling you something about God. I'll tell you what's true in my story is that when I am lacking in joy, I have forgotten what I believe about God. When I am lacking in joy, that is what I've forgotten is what I believe about God. You've heard this all series. Again, this series is taking us somewhere. It's a red carpet of joy leading us to what God has for us next in our lives and in our church. But you've heard in the series that we don't want joy to be connected to your circumstances. I don't want joy to be connected to my circumstances. You can feel joy and experience joy no matter what is going on with your life. You can invite it to walk alongside you. 
But it is a feeling. I mean, when you look up the definition, it is a feeling. You, you can't experience it. And when you feel that joy, I want you to get really curious and ask yourself why. Why? What is it about this? Like I did at Radnor. What, what? God, why does this make me feel better? Oh, because I'm not burning up hot. Oh, because your leaves are covering me. Oh, because you actually care for me. Right? Get real curious about what's going on in your own head when it comes to this. You've heard me say this before, but I'll say it again. Your feelings are important. They can ride. They just shouldn't drive. Let your feelings ride. Believe what your feelings are telling you. Just don't let them like direct your whole life because that's when things get weird. Annie F. Downs, welcome to the Crafting Character Podcast. We just heard a clip from a great teach you gave at Crosspoint Church uh, called A Revelation of Joy. And you were talking about how we have to trust where the joy takes us. Give us a little backstory on that teach. When I think of you, I think about fun. I think about joy. I feel like this is a message that comes out of your life. But give us a little sense of where and what you were trying to accomplish with this teach. Yeah, it really was funny because as part of the teaching group at Crosspoint, there's a handful of us that help do that part of serving at our church. Uh, I tend to keep getting assigned the joy ones. And I'm like, you guys, I can do other stuff. I don't know why I said to do the fun ones, but I'll take it. Um, it's great. I'm really <laughs> thankful for it. I mean, I think part of what what I love doing and being a part of that team is, and it's a unique thing when you get to do it at your home church, is I really care that whatever I do slides in beautifully between the week before me and the week after me. Because I know the stats are not that everybody's at church every Sunday. I know that's not the Barna stat about when people show up, but the staff is. The staff is there every week. And I personally feel a real invitation to be a voice to the staff at our church and to the people who are serving every single week, whether that's the parking team or the volunteers or the amount of people at all of our campuses that do show up every week. So when I was thinking about Revelation of Joy and and what it actually means to pursue that, no matter your circumstances, I was thinking about the whole series and what we really had, all these other things we were inviting people to step toward. I was thinking, man, it's not natural to do this when your circumstances aren't saying that. It's it is a lot harder yes. when your circumstances aren't saying that. And so, but I'm also not the person who's like, let's talk about joy, but not fun. I'm like, no, I, I want to talk about fun too. Or, you know, joy is not happiness. We're like, yeah, yeah, everybody knows joy is it, joy and happiness. And so there, there's just this invitation to have this deeper conversation around what is joy look like when it's actually revealed to you, when it is an actual revelation. And I think that's really important. Yeah, well, uh, real quick, I, I want to go back on one thing you said because you do do this in every one of your teaches that I've heard of you at Crosspoint. Uh, uh-huh. You taught in December of last year and the year before that, but you always, and I think you actually one of the best I've ever seen do this, of the call back to the weekend before. Yeah. And you will just give a couple sentences, you know, Pastor Kevin or, you know, Drew was teaching on. Yeah. And I love the way that it feels seamless. It feels deeply, deeply connected. Not like, oh, we just brought in Annie F. Downs. Like yeah. it it shows how connected and invested you are on that team. Nice. Um, and I love, I love, I love just uh, your ability. I mean, you're, you're just one of my favorite communicators. And, and it's why I wanted you 
on this podcast because oftentimes when we're talking about the craft of communication, we're, we're thinking about a sermon. And mm-hmm. what's so powerful t- for me about you is you have content that's coming in on the regular. Mm-hmm. And I imagine you have to be someone who is discerning. Is this a message? Is this yeah. a chapter for a book? Is this a tweet? Is this a Instagram story? Is, yeah. is this a tour? Is this, you yeah. know, how do you, how do you kind of break that content down? Right. Well, let me ask you back a question. Do you think most okay. of our friends listening that are writing content, particularly writing sermons or teaching, are they lo- in a local pastor context or a traveling pastor context? I think predominantly local pastor, but okay. I would say, I think that probably 25 to 30% for what we know are yeah. people who are also teaching outside on yeah. a regular basis of well, their Well, every July, someone's base. teaching somewhere besides their home base, right? Like exactly. every July, exactly. the yeah. local guy wants his weekend off and the family wants a trip to Atlanta to see a Braves game. And so they're teaching at their buddy's church. I know, I know the system. Um, because I would say, so when I'm thinking about that content, what matters most to me when it comes to Sunday mornings is, and we're actually doing this tomorrow, literally tomorrow is our teaching team is sitting down and laying out the next 12 months of content. What are we going to do on Sundays based on what we know held loosely based on what God could do in our midst that would shift a theme or a series. I mean, we had the coolest relationship series built that, I mean, I'm telling you, it's the coolest relationship series I've ever been a part of. We t- we filmed hours of content with a counselor uh, to go with each Sunday. And it was scheduled for February or for March and April of 2020. None of it's ever, no, no one's ever seen a minute of it because we had to shift. Everybody did. Right. So I'd say to you, we're sitting down and doing that tomorrow with the understanding that we've done this before and it's greatly shifted because of what God or our city needed next. I say all that to say to you, when when it comes to what I'm teaching at my home church on Sundays, which I'm up once or twice a quarter, I am I am never thinking about my own content. I am thinking about what fits in the series. So even when I'm visiting a church, my personal stance is, even if I just had a book come out, what I actually care most about is fitting in on your Sunday morning. Because Sunday mornings are not, and Sunday evenings are not meant to be the firework shows that conferences and women's events and college events are meant to be. I do not need to come in and sell books. I And I need to come in and serve the people who are serving their city Monday through Saturday. And so my brain is very different when I'm invited to a Sunday morning somewhere. I'm like, I will teach whatever is next for your people. And then I spend, uh, you know, five to 10 hours writing something new every time I teach on a Sunday morning. Now, when I have a book come out and I'm doing conferences across the country or college events or doing a Sunday night that a church is hosting and that's an event and they're bringing me in because I have a new book, I have a 30-minute talk, a 45-minute talk, and an hour talk that I've written for every book I've ever written. So I can come in and do whatever amount of time they give me, I can do a version of my content around that. When it comes to splitting up what's a tweet and what's a book, uh, I often find Instagram stories and Twitter are good places to test things that you think your audience might want more of from you. 
And so I do these things on Instagram that I call my hope chest sermons because I have a hope chest behind my um, couch. And what I, what the insider baseball is, is I'm actually testing content that I think might have more legs and more distance, but I'm testing it by doing five Insta stories about a certain thing like failure. The first one was about a professional failure. And I thought, how many of my followers want to hear about my business over that we run over the quote ministry that people assume we do? We've never called ourselves a ministry. We've always called ourselves a, called ourselves a business. But I mean, Steve, the response was unbelievable. So then what it allowed me to do is come back to my team and go, okay, there may be a world where we can serve small business owners. There may be a series for the podcast where we talk about small businesses and and success and failure. That week when Sadie Robertson and I, Sadie Robertson Huff and I sat down to record a podcast, I said, because she had responded to that Insta story. And I said, hey, while we're sitting here together for this podcast, let's talk about our businesses. And so many people responded to us. So, So kind of my theory, and you can correct me if you disagree with this because you're the boss here and you know far more than me, but- if it works small, then yeah. try it medium and then try it big. And by that, I don't mean audience size. I mean, investment time for you. If it's if it yeah. hits as a tweet where you get responses or if it hits as an Instagram uh, comment or um, uh, caption, then there may be a blog post to it. And you write that and a lot of people care about that or you write an article for CT or some other, you know, for relevant, for somebody who you put an article out there and, and there's a lot of response. Well, you may have a book, you may not, but you may, or you may have a sermon series or you may have a podcast series. And, and so I, I think if it works with a small, I mean, it's, it's scriptural, right? I'm not trying to be Jesus-y about it, but if it, if it works in the small, then you're going to, then it may grow and work in the medium and you have a medium sized responsibility to it. I, I, I really love that. I love that so much because I think when you think about like stand up comedians, you know, and they're yeah. walking in late night to a comedy club and they're just trying stuff on and they try it. They're small doing a five minute set. And then, yes. and, exactly. And they're just trying to build the medium. And then hopefully yes. the goal is 60 minutes on Netflix. So I love yes. even thinking about that. There's, there's times for me, even with, you know, I'll be out with uh, a friend for lunch. And I'm like, Hey, I have this random idea for a teach. I run it by, if they yeah. don't get it, then I'm like, nah, I gotta go back to the drawing board. Or if they get it, yes. they're like, that's really good. Then it, you know, it, it, right. you start to see, um, I I'm curious though, because, you know, what has being, and having a home base like Crosspoint. I mean, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I love the way you talk about Crosspoint. Yeah. I love the way that you talk about the team. I love the way that you care about the staff. It's it is so genuine and so real. It's like one of one of my favorite parts about you is how you've chosen, even in a world of tours and books and mm-hmm. opportunities, it's like you've intentionally chosen to be grounded at a local community, but not just like I go there. It's like, no, once or twice a quarter, I'm teaching, I'm giving up a day from my yeah. business to be a part of a teach. Talk about what that investment, yes. why that's so important for you and your just development as a human disciple yeah. career voice. Yeah. And so I'll tell you a couple of things that are really nobody's business, but I think it'll really help with understanding how I do this because I have a full-time job. 
uh, that is not at my church, but I am a, everyone who goes to a local church should serve somehow. I can't work in the nursery because I can't be relied upon to be on the road of that responsibly because of how much I travel. I can't be on the greeting team because the rest of my job kind of makes that impossible to be someone who stands out in the lobby for a long time. So the way I serve is by being on the teaching team. And so I do not invoice my church for that. That is my volunteer. That is how I serve my church. Now, Crosspoint has given me gifts in, in history for my time. I, so it's not that nothing has exchanged, but it is not a speaking event for me, right? Do you see? Whereas everywhere else I go, there's a conversation about a contract and how much. And because I have a company that I'm running and this is, and everyone should be paid for their time. The reason I stand really hard on serving my church that way is a long time ago. I think it was Beth Moore, but we'll give her credit because most things good come from her. But um, but I think she said, if you can't serve locally, you will never survive globally. Wow. And I've seen that really play out. The reason I'm really invested in our church is because I recognize that if I unplug from the local, I will start believing what the global says about me. And because I'm plugged in locally, I can believe what they say about me and the good and the bad, right? Like the, my strengths and my weaknesses are very apparent to the people in my real life. And that includes the people on staff at church. I mean, I, you and I've talked about the staff at church. I, I really deeply care about that staff yeah. and about yep. them being really healthy. And part of that is because we walk through a really public, um, sadness for our staff and losing our founding pastor. And I mean, he is alive, but he is not our founding pastor anymore. And, um, or, you know, I mean, he's our founding pastor. He is not the pastor of Crosspoint anymore. And, and so because of that, I watched a staff suffer deeply and be in a lot of pain. And, and I may have told you a story before Steve, but this funny thing happened. And I use funny very lightly the day that our pastor, uh, our founding pastor announced he was leaving in between services. I was out in the lobby and the staff had been given some heads up, but obviously the people had not. And one of the staff members comes over to me and turns me so that my face is to the lobby and their face is to the wall. And the staff member starts weeping and for, for 30 seconds, just weeping and then stops and said, and I don't say anything, Steve, I'm just standing there, stops and dries his eyes and says, okay. And I said, okay. And he turned around and went back to the people and served our people beautifully. And in, in that moment, Steve, I felt like the Lord was like, I need you to see who you are here. I need you to see your role. Cause I hadn't paid attention to my role. Yeah. Once I started paying attention to my role, here's the crazy thing. Once I started paying attention to my role, doors started opening for me to live in that role. And, and so, so because of that, I care about our staff because God made it really clear to me a few years ago that I have a seat at the table to help lead the staff. So even for Easter, I reached out to the rest of the teaching team this week. I said, tell me what, how I can serve on Easter. And Pastor Kevin said, will you just do a little Devo for our staff? And I was like, that's the open door. I did not know, but yeah, of course I will. Right. Like I'll do something like that. So I think it's important for us to, so for me, that matters a lot to be serving locally because I know God has a spot for me there. And I heard him say it, but I saw him do it too. You can get one or the other or both. I think for this, I needed both. 
I think healthy churches are like healthy families and having a vocal leader of a dad and a vocal leader of a mom makes for a really healthy family and a really healthy church staff. And it's not the only way those two things work, but it's a healthy way those two things work. And so I get to be one of the mothering voices at Crosspoint. I think that's really important. That's one of the reasons I stay where I am as well is I think the mothering voice matters in a church. You know this, Steve, but there are things that uh, men can say that everyone can hear. And there are things women can say that everyone can hear. And they usually are different. And so we, I know different theology is around all of this, but I do know that when a mom tells you something, it touches your heart different than when your dad tells you something. So there are just times that, yes. that Crosspoint needs a mothering voice and it's not just on Mother's Day. And so yeah. those are all, I mean, I feel like I gave you a thousand rando reasons that that that's what I care about. But, and, and you know this, and, and I'll say this, and I've said this, everyone knows this, churches are full of humans and we've had really great seasons since our new pastor came along and we've had hard seasons. This is not like, isn't this the most fun we've ever had? <laughs> And in fact, I sent a, I, I disciple a couple of people on staff and I had a conversation with one of the staff members and I just said, hey, I'm not going anywhere. I know I don't work here, but I'm also not a quitter. And so if you're having a tough day, I'm with you because I'm not going anywhere either. And that's what church staff needs to know that there are non-staff people who are going to stay. Wow. Right. And so I I think that's part of it too, for me is in a city full of churches that other churches can look easier some days. And there are days that Crosspoint looks like the easiest one to go to. And there are days that the others look like the easiest one to go to. It actually doesn't matter because I've just committed. I've just committed. And this is where I am and where I serve. And whatever God does globally is exciting and fun. Uh, What he does locally is probably where I feel the most pushback in my own attitudes and where I feel like I bring him the most glory is how I serve the people that have my phone number. Gosh. I mean, what a gift. I mean, and again, I just knowing you for so many years, this is all true. And I love, love, love just how much, um, how much you love that staff and, you know, any, any pastor who's listening to this, that I'm sure they have voices of people who have been like, gosh, I'm so grateful they have stayed or I'm so grateful that they are volunteering. I'm so grateful they're like so for our team and for our staff and, yeah, yeah. and especially like big time business leaders or teachers or yeah. voices like you who are just pastoring so many, uh, but still just showcasing a level of, of investment. I, I want to, I want to ask because. And accountability, I, right? Because they're also the ones really who, is. if something goes sideways on the road or something goes sideways, Kevin, Drew, Chris, Kai, you know, some of the, Ashley, some of these people on staff and that are leaders at Crosspoint in different ways. I mean, they also get to straighten me up too, yeah, right? Yeah. So that matters too, that we are in communities at our local churches, even as leaders where people can say things. Yes. Yes. Sorry, uh, I just so want to make good. that clear. It wasn't just, no. I mean, it's not just about an investment. It's also about me being accountable and having authority, spiritual authority in my life. Well, and, and that's the that's the beautiful part of when you can stay at a place, you know, and right. just be there and give permission over. I think it's so beautiful. Yes. Um, I, I'm curious of how you frame a talk, um, okay. because I again, I I think you, you 
one of the things I feel like at any moment, uh, I've seen you teach, you use like the Waze app. I'll see you like yeah. talk about a Bible. Like I, you know, obviously like I'll see you like tell a story. I'll see you, mm-hmm. you know, you were just in like a few minutes are talking about coming to Atlanta to go to a Braves game and congrats yeah. to your Georgia Bulldogs. But like you, you can, there is a plethora of topics that you can pull from. And I'm always curious, how does Annie F. Downs eliminate content? Right. Like, you know, and so, right. so like, how do you, how do you contain all of it? Yes. But then how do you choose to eliminate and what do you, like, what's the reason you're like, that's such a killer story or that was an amazing conversation, but I gotta, mm-hmm. I gotta eliminate that. Um, and then how do you also make room for the spirit to go, man, I, I didn't have this in my notes but I need to tell this Sadie Robertson Huff story yeah, yeah. because it's so much, so money, you know, talk about that. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk about elimination first. Uh, I learned this really profoundly on the, that sounds fun tour that we just finished because we did 24 shows that were exactly the first half of the show was exactly the same. The back half of the show was different every night. Cause we had a different guest and you know, all the things. Um, cause I tried to get you to be a guest. And so, you know, you know, um, so we did it 24 times. So I did the same 20 minute talk 24 times. And and what I started sensing is the, the laugh I was trying to get at the end, I was getting in the middle and I didn't have time for the story at the end anymore. And so because my goal was I need a laugh so that we can say a hard thing, once I got it in the middle, I could cut the story at the end, even though I really liked the story at the end. I mean, my yes. elimination process genuinely comes down to the clock. It is, I am... I am religious about honoring the clock that's been given to me. If even on my own tour, I am like, if I have got 20 minutes, I do not deserve 27. If a church has invited me to do three services and each of those services is 35 minutes, I do my darndest to come in at 33 and a half because I think it, I think it, uh, it makes the church feel like you care about them more than you care about yourself when yep, you yep. serve them by giving them an extra 90 seconds back, right? <laughs> so I practice every talk here. Can I give you my week of how I write? If I'm please, doing a please, Sunday yes. morning, um, if I'm doing a Sunday morning, I hopefully have the topic or the content out, not even my outline, but just the fruit of the spirit, Esther, uh, Jesus's I am's, whatever the theme is, um, two-ish weeks ahead of time. Uh, at Cross Point, we have a meeting on Tuesdays about the Sunday service, and you're supposed to show up with a very robust outline. You don't have to have your manuscript done, and I don't manuscript, I outline, but you're supposed to, you don't have to be like ready to go, but tell us if you need a song at the end. And if you're going to need a table with four ping pong balls, we need to know on Tuesday if you can, Right. Um, and so, so by Tuesday, I hopefully, and you know, the funny thing, Steve, when I come into work on that Monday morning here at Downs Books, that that sounds fun network where my full-time job is. I, on Mondays where I'm teaching on Sunday, I'm like, you guys know I'm a monster this week because my brain thinks of nothing else except what the sermon is I'm going to write this week. Um, and so everything else is secondary to whatever is spinning in my head. So let's pretend it's fruit of the spirit and it's gentleness. I've never written a talk on gentleness. So I'm making this up as we go. As soon as Kevin tells me that or whatever church, you know, uh, maybe it's 
Toby's church in Texas, or maybe I'm coming to one of your friends' churches in Phoenix, or, um, you know, I'm doing, yeah, Cross Timbers, Toby Slyle, Cross Timbers is a great example because Toby would say to me, um, we're doing through the spirit, gentleness, you're there in three weeks. Okay. So I, I start thinking about who I know that makes me think of that word. I start with, I don't start with stories. I start with scripture only because I could accidentally do a 35 minute story driven thing and never talk about the Bible. And so I usually start with um, looking up the word or the topic. And I do like, I probably spend two to three hours going to original language, going to concord, uh, not concordances. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like the interlinear commentaries and commentaries. All of that. Yes, yes, yes. All that. I'm calling you. I'm calling Jason Miller. I'm calling Kevin Queen. I'm calling uh, Luke Norsworthy. I am calling uh, Chris Kane. I'm calling Bethany Allen from Bridgetown. I'm calling people that I love and going, you ever taught about this? You want to send over anything? You got anything on gentleness? <laughs> I'm looking it up in podcasts. I'm looking to see what other people have said. with carefulness and thought, because I'm not trying to give their sermon, but also my friends are really good teachers. And if I can get nine of y'all to teach me about gentleness, I can distill it down to what feels like Annie needs to say about gentleness. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. So I'm not trying to steal your ideas, but I'm noticing that you and Bethany and Kevin all pulled the same secondary verse. And I'm going to pay attention to that. Right. Yep. And so, so to me, that as we're talking about elimination and finding the right stories, I'm writing that all week. I usually have a two to three hour block on Wednesday after I've talked to the talked to Crosspoint or wherever I am, and saying on and then on Wednesday I'm actually to act sitting to actually write it, going okay. I think there's a story here about. Um, how kind the girl was to me at Dairy Queen. And she didn't know I was there because I just gotten dumped, right? So there's some gentleness to her response to me, but she didn't know why. So then I get a little bit of a laugh because I talk about getting dumped and being at Dairy Queen. And uh, and so, you know, you get a little bit of um, an interesting thing, Steve, when women teach on Sunday mornings, we might get some comments that disagree with this, which I'm open to. Yeah. My experience is when I'm teaching to all women, I can come in with nothing funny and nothing interesting, and we will connect heart level stage to audience. If I am teaching men, my first goal is their mind, and then I will get to their heart. So if I can make you laugh, or if I can make you think, then you will invite me to why you're sitting at church, which is to change your heart. Women will naturally invite women to their hearts. Does that make sense? So I know when I'm doing a Sunday morning that my joke I say a lot is it's medicine ball versus basketball, right? (laughs) Women's conference on a Friday night, Saturday morning is a basketball game for me, right? I know it takes skill and it takes practice, but I know how to play that game. I'm working out with a medicine ball on Sunday mornings yeah, um, because it just requires a different thing. And the same would be true if men did a Sunday morning and have to, and when you have to think about the women in the audience versus when you do a men's conference and you can just go hard on the basketball talk for 35 minutes, right? Yes, yes, Um, And so by Wednesday, I've got my outline pretty much done. I think about it. I kind of have my stories. I have my, what I think is going to happen at the end. 
And at Crosspoint, one of our teaching team things historically in most Sundays, most weeks is we shoot our um, outline around to everybody. And Kevin and Drew, the, uh, the other teaching team have taught me this. This is not natural for me. This is actually still very hard for me. And I've been teaching at Crosspoint since 2017. If they say, make it better, make it better. And that always is so offensive to me because I think I've written the best thing I've ever written. And they say, let's make it better. And I, so I send out the invitation, make it better, even though it hurts my soul because I think I've written the best thing ever. They send me feedback. They help a ton because I'm not a guy and 40 per, to 45% of the people out there are male. So they help me. They help me make sure I'm telling a story uh, correctly. I get to do the same for them of going, hey, you listed four examples and a woman doesn't do any of those four things. So- <laughs> You know, or for four weeks, we've taught the same series and every example we've used of men in scripture have been men in scripture, right? So let's, you know, Um, and then here's the elimination part. Saturdays, I do the sermon twice in my living room. I teach to a football game or a baseball game based on who, what season it is. I have that on TV and it's muted, but I, I use notability on my iPad. I teach off my iPad. And I use Notability and in that app where my outline is. And since I've used that app since 2013, I have hundreds of talks on there. So anytime I'm looking up something or if I'm coming back somewhere, so I'm going back to Cross Timbers Church in Texas, I can look and see what I've already said at Cross Timbers so that I don't make the same jokes. So I don't accidentally teach the exact same thing. Um, But I start my timer. And I practice the everything front to back and I figure out exactly how many minutes my talk is. There was one time, Steve, where I was doing a conference and I had written a new talk about abundance mindset. And I thought it was, I thought it was like award-winning. I was sure it was like the next best thing. I'm, I get up to practice it to myself and I'm actually practicing it in the car driving to Asheville, North Carolina. And I have a 45 minute window 18 minutes start to back, Steve. 18 minutes. I was like, yo, Downs, you're halfway there. What's it like, girl? You're halfway. What's it like? (laughs) Oh, I thought I'd written the most profound thing anybody's ever going to hear, and I'd use half my time. So that's what I, so that's how I eliminate. And that's how I add on a regular basis when I'm writing a sermon, when I'm doing a Sunday morning at my local church or somewhere else, is doing it through two times gives me, it gives me a good timing on, and I'd like to, like the last time I'd had a cross point in December, I had 30, I can, we can go to 35. They wanted me to do 30 because of what else, the other ways we were serving our people that Sunday. You had a story right before your talk on that one. So there's a guy, a fancy, I I listened to you. I remember. Thank you. Yes. Um, and when I practiced, it only came in at 27. And I, so I thought, okay, 27 is really close to 30. It's nowhere near 35. Am I missing something, right? 27 is pretty short for us. So is there a story? Is there a scripture? Did I, did I pause enough for laughter? Did I say it too fast because I was watching football? Did, you know, so I actually ran that one three times because I was afraid I had not performed, quote, quote, it correctly in my living room. Well, then I did it a second time and it was 27 again. So I called Drew Powell, who's on our teaching team. And I was like, hey, what do you think the story is here? What's Why am I 27 minutes? And we kind of processed it and added one thing that made it right. And so, and then it got me to 28 and a half or 29. And and then people, you know, then I got all the laughs and all the claps and all the things that make it, you know, 30. 
So that's kind of my process. Does that answer the elimination and so adding good. of stories? Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. And and again, I think just the the beauty of the community, even going, yes. hey, I'm at 27 and I'm gonna invite Drew in or you know, asking Kev to speak in to make it better or Drew as well. And yeah. I just I love those process. And again, because I think that there are communicators and, and you're one of these that make it look really effortless. But I love to see behind the scenes how intentional you are so that when you go public, it it, it is so ingrained in your bones, mm-hmm. like the idea. And just I just think it's that's that's one of my favorite parts about uh, learning from different communicators I love and respect yes. is their process. Um, one of one of the other pieces that I, you know, and just I marvel at when it comes to you is how committed you are to the gospels. And, you know, on this podcast, we, we just talk so much about the, the craft of communication. I, I want better preaching. I want yeah. better teaching. But we know this. We know this from personal experience. We want the, the kind of people where the character's leading the way. I know that's true of you. I, 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 I'm striving to make that true of me, like that our character leads the way. And nobody drifts towards holiness. Nobody drifts towards right. being a more gentle or patient person. And, and you have like, um, kind of, I, I was going to say stumbled. It's not stumbled into a practice, but like, that's very true, very true. But, but something that I've seen month after month after month, mm-hmm. and I've participated a couple times in it, but this March through the gospels. And yes. I just would love to know like, Hey, why do you keep doing it? Yeah. How did it begin? And what's it, what's it do within you? Yeah. Um, well, first, let me say, and you don't get to edit this out. We all know you for your craft, but the thing you will be remembered for, for long after we're all gone is your character. So we know that about you, Steve. It is one of my, it is why we're still friends. It's why we have a trauma bond is <laughs> over, over your character. No, I mean, Thanks. truly, I, I, I really honor you for that and appreciate you in my life because of those things. Okay, so let's talk about reading the Gospels in a month. Here is what I realized a couple of years ago, 2019, I think. I don't think, no, I'm sorry, it was 2020. It was the end of 19. Something Pastor Kevin says anytime he's teaching our people about your daily disciplines with God is he's like, you've got to have a plan and a place. If you don't have a plan and a place, you will not be committed to it. Now, so I'm very careful about having a plan and a place. Also, this morning I sat at my place and I looked at Instagram for half an hour. And then I got up and was like, I literally said, hey, you dummy, that was your only 30 minutes. So hope you're happy. And then I went and did my hair. I mean, it was like, you absolute dummy. And so I was very gentle with myself this morning, clearly like, why were you on Instagram <laughs> and your time with the Lord? So he says, you have to have a time and a place. And I remember at the end of 2019, kind of starting to think, what do I want my plan to be next year? I had never read the whole Bible. And even though I've been a Christian since I was five and at the time I was 39 and had never read the thing front to back because it felt very daunting. I My personality doesn't fit very well with you have to do a thing for a whole year. <laughs> Just doesn't leave what brings me joy. And so uh, so instead I I thought, what could I do for a month? And I saw... I think it was like on Instagram that someone was reading the gospels in a month. And when you read the gospels in a month, if you do three chapters a day, you loop the whole thing in a month. And I thought, I don't know that I can read the Bible in a year, but I know I can read the Bible for a year. 
And so what if I did Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John 12 times? What, what would I see about Jesus? What would I know? What, what would happen? It was just an experiment more than anything else of like, what happens? And, and so my goal in 20, it ended up being 2020. My goal was to read a different version every month. And which got really interesting because I read the Catholic Bible and read their commentaries. I read NIV, CSB, ESV, the message. I mean, I did, I did the whole thing. I did um, Pastor Tony Evans study Bible, right? Like the first study Bible written by a black pastor. I was like, this is incredible. And so I, I got to, I did a couple of different versions. I did the She Reads Truth Bible. I mean, it, I just, we are spoiled with our access to scripture. Yep. And I experienced that greatly in 2020. What I learned and why I kept it going. Now this month, particularly the month we're talking, I'm doing the Proverbs. That's kind of been my rhythm the last, last month and this month is to see what would happen if the same thing happened with the Proverbs. And it's been very different. And I think, and I think that's really interesting. It's, it is not as, it is not as exciting to me. It has been very, um, the gospels are just watching Jesus's life unfold in those four books over and over. And so then what I did is I listed in January of 2020, here's the version that I read. And here's one thing I saw about Jesus that I'd never seen before. And I did that all 12 months of 2020. And then last year, as I went back and was in participating that again, I also listened to the Bible all the way through last year. And uh, from Father Mike Schmitz on the Bible in a Year podcast, Yep, that guy, you've got to get him on Steve. Have you had a he's, Catholic on I, talking about? I would, I, I was so badly. He's on my list. I, I, if, you, if we got to, I got to need to connect to get to him, but I would I love it. You. I would love I it. Okay. You. He was on my show in December. I mean, I, you, you would have died laughing at me, Steve, because I, you know, I've listened to him read me the Bible the whole year. And then he comes on the podcast in December and we, we can, we see each other's face and I start bawling. I mean, I am, I am bawling. And he's like this nice Catholic priest who's so handsome and so kind. He's like a celibate John Hamm, right? He's just the most handsome character. And I'm bawling because I'm like, you read me the Bible in some of my hardest days. I mean, it was nuts. Anyway, so what I learned from reading the gospels every month though is a, when you go over the same scripture 12 times, that verse that says the Bible is, scripture is living and active comes true. Cause you go, wait, I read this last month. How did I not see this? And you're like, oh, cause it's actually living and active. And, and I, I don't mean this the way it's going to sound, but I think there are seasons, there are months where I would read something and God would hide something, right? What does it say? I think it is in Proverbs. It says yeah. it's the Lord's to hide and Kings to search out. I think there are times where the Lord would hide things one month and, and display them the next month wow. based on what was going on in my life or something that was about to happen. Or, and so to me that, and I wanted, I knew we had an election year in 2020. There's all the things I didn't know about 2020, but I knew it was an election year. And I thought, what if I just listened to Jesus the most and, and just he is an interesting character when you study him as a character in a book and you can remove the like personal relationship. I love that guy thing. Yeah. Which is hard to do because it's a personal relationship and we love that guy. But if you, if you treat it like litter, lit, 
literary, literarily, like literature, literature, (laughs) you treat it like literature once and you go, this character, why does everyone like him? Wow. And then everyone hates him. Yeah. Why? Who does he hang out with? Who? Everyone must have made the weirdest assumptions about all those women who paid for those disciples lives. Right. I mean, it says very clearly that there were women who followed and they cut the checks. Right. And so it's when you get when you get 12 rounds with him and one of them, you see him as a character in a book that is so much more fascinating than anything we're writing these days. Right. Does that make sense? Totally. And I just think the tire we tie our if we're going to tie ourselves to anything, tie ourselves to scripture. Yeah. If we're going to tie ourselves to scripture, tie ourselves to the gospels because he's living, he's the word. Right. Yeah. And, and so I think that may, as I'm saying that to you, Steve, I'm realizing that may be what's been sideways for me about the Proverbs is, is it's not Jesus. It's good. And it's real. And every bit of it's true. I think every word of the Bible is true. I am yeah. it, as far, whatever way you need to go about whichever direction I point North, South, East or West, that's the, every word of the Bible is true. I'm all the way in that camp. I think everywhere. I mean, I like them all. I think Paul can be very frustrating as a person. And I am like not in line to hang out with him when we get to heaven. Y'all can all get your turns long before I do. It doesn't mean what he wrote it in true. Right. Right, And so, so yeah, looping the gospels has been a gift to me and I love getting to do it. And and I love the discipline of three chapters a month. I'm sorry, three chapters a day. It, It takes 20 minutes. It's not, it doesn't take five, but it doesn't take an hour. And yep. so I've been, I've been thankful for, for that discipline the last couple of years. Well, I think the plan in the place, and I think the consistent, uh, even I, the 12 rounds language you just used, I think that's so, so incredible. And if downs, you are a gift. I, uh, I mean, we, I could, we could talk about your, your books. We could talk about your yeah. podcast. Uh, there's just so much that you just bring to the kingdom. I do uh, with expectancy, and I, I don't think this is anywhere on the 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 map, the Marvel yeah. map, you know, of movies yeah. for uh, your life. But that's going to be an killer devotion someday. Of, oh yeah, of of a decade of like learnings from the Gospels, mm-hmm. or like like just I don't know, just the seasons of what you've mm-hmm. discovered, mm-hmm. just reading through. I just. I would love to learn from you and what That's you've unpacked. Dude, I know yeah. just from a devotional side. Well, I mean, so, so we're doing the thing we started at the top saying like, okay, so here's a little thing I did alone. Yeah. And then I invited people to it. And now I've continued the practice. And is there a greater piece of content here that would help people? Um, can I say one thing before we hang up about to our yes. pastor friends that are listening? What I know is true for the men and women who are pastoring in churches every Sunday is that when we all get to heaven, the people like me who have global things that we travel around, we're going to be cutting grass while y'all are sitting and resting. Because in the long run, the people that I think we will honor the most, the people I hope I honor the most now, the people that I think are doing the most gospel-centric work are the pastors who nobody may know their names except the people in their churches who've done their weddings and their funerals and who have been at the same couple of churches for their whole career and retire having served God and preached almost every Sunday and we never heard their podcasts. Those are my heroes. So I just want our people listening to know like you are doing the work that matters the most. 
full stop. Y'all are doing the work that matters the most where you're serving the church every Sunday. Mm, Thank you for saying that. And I think that that's going to speak to so many, uh, especially coming from you. I just believe it. Don't you? Don't you think so? I I mean, I think think what has been so beautiful is seeing, uh, I was just with a couple and they were telling me about their son-in-law who took a job at a at a little small Alabama church yes. and just has been showing up. But it's been amazing how the people of this <clears throat> farm field church yeah. have been just <clears throat> rallying around this couple. They adopted a child and just this, I, I, it's just when a, when a pastor is so connected to a congregation, a congregation yes. so connected to a pastor and they're so connected yes. to Christ, there's just, there's something about it. And um, I am so grateful that you said those words because I know it's going to mean so much. My friend, thank you for joining us on the Craft and oh, Character Podcast. Well, thanks so much for tuning in to the Craft and Character Podcast. Like I said earlier, go check out the Ascent Leader. But friends, I'm so thrilled because this is such an honor that this is kind of like the flagship podcast for preaching today. And it's on the Christianity Today Network. And I love getting the chance to be a part of the Preaching Today team. They, they have a huge heart for you. They have a heart for your ministry. Uh, they want to help you get better. They're really, really great at caring about the soul of the communicator, sermon illustrations, exegesis. They have stuff for their members. I'm a member. I check out their site regularly. It's been super helpful for me, um, but they they want to bless you. And so if you uh, want to just learn more about the soul or exegesis, or you just need, you're just a little stuck with some sermon illustrations, go to orderptnow.com slash CC30, and they will give you 30% off. Orderptnow.com slash CC30. 30. Check it out. And then also, we couldn't do this without our good friends at Food for the Hungry. Oh, man, I love what they're about. They're local in Phoenix. They have a heart for many, many countries. They're doing some work right now on the Polish border, taking in uh, Ukrainian refugees, uh, just partnerships, a church that I, I serve at regularly at Forest City Church in uh, Chicagoland. Uh, we, we just started a, a child sponsor partnership with them. They're just an amazing, amazing organization. So always feel free. If you have questions, you can reach out steve at steveryancarter.com. But my friends, may we experience some joy this week and the privilege of what we get to do to preach, to teach, to, to share God's word. And when you experience joy, ask yourself, What's it teaching you? What's it teaching you? What's it teaching you about God? What's it teaching you about his story? What's it teaching and stirring within you? And may that lead you to some profound truths that are not just for you, but some truths that you get to give away in the seasons ahead. Much love, everyone. Grace and peace. Peace.